Hi, everybody. I'm Rogers Healy, the host of Rogers That, a podcast dedicated to selling without selling out. Today, we have a dear friend of mine, someone that played 10-year professional football. They dominated on the gridiron at TCU. They dominated in the classroom, dominating being a husband, going to dominate being a father, a family man. Everything this guy touches turns to gold, including his most recent endeavors in the world of private equity and venture capital. I've got my longtime friend, David Hawthorne. David, thanks for coming today. Man, thanks for having me on, Raj. You're welcome. You look like you just did a bunch of push-ups this morning. So, for, so <laughs> this is- I haven't touched the weight room in forever, man. I'm maintenance only. Really? Oh, 1,000%. Wow. Yeah, man, just band therapy and, uh, and rehab. Wait, for real? Oh, absolutely. Okay, well, yeah, people don't say that about me. This is like a, a medium shirt, and it still <laughs> it still barely fits my chest. But uh, you and I met a long time ago. You were you were playing for, um, I believe, the Seahawks, and got connected through just random happenstance. And um, next thing you know, we became friends, and I got to uh, ride along the journey of your career and getting to become friends with your family. But get us to where we're at. Like, what, what, what was David like as a kid? Obviously, you know, a, a true Texan and uh, football was maybe what got you there. But uh, give us give us a little bit of background. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a Texas to the death. Cakes, man. Collins Street Bakery. And home of David Hawthorne. And home of David Hawthorne. But David's nickname was never the fruitcake. <laughs> never the fruitcake, okay. man. Always something associated with football. But, uh, yeah, I started playing football in Pee Wee, like, like a lot of kids do. Uh, Pee Wee football. I was a four. I was a four sport athlete. Did everything I could. Right, basketball, track, baseball, football, and uh, and my height and my build kind of limited me <laughs> as to how far I could go with that. How how tall are you? Uh, six foot even. Okay. Yeah, but I wasn't always that. And okay. so uh, I had a had a slow growth spurt. You know, so I. Uh, so I, I gravitated toward football. I'm from a family of football players. Dad played football, played linebacker. Cousins are NFL guys and uh, and all of that. So I really took to football, uh, using football more as a vehicle. You know, uh, uh, fortunate for me, you know, from a strong household, my family's big on education. You know, moms, nurses. My mom's a nurse, was a nurse. She ended up being the uh, the warden of a prison system. Literally. Right? She was the first black female warden of no a way. prison system. No way. I think yeah. we just got our new guest. <laughs> oh, exactly. She literally, why, this is why you were a kid? Yeah, while I was a kid. Yeah, she was head correction. Uh, she was head of uh, correction, uh, youth correction when I was a child. No uh, way. We lived on campus. They built the the state of Texas. Built our house right next is to this the in to Corsicana. The yeah. Okay, I actually did not know this. Wow. So did you ever actually get to go visit while you were a kid? Uh, we were there. We lived on campus. Oh, so, you're not joking. Uh, yeah, I thought yeah, you meant house, like you were just there all the time. No, you... our house was on campus. The state of Texas built our house. Oh my gosh. Right on campus. So their swimming pool was our backyard swimming pool. Their basketball court was our basketball court. Did you actually? Did you get to interact with the? I did because they were young. They were my age. You know, seemed uh, those kids seemed very normal to me. You know, no just way around playing and stuff like that, but. Obviously, all of them there for a reason. So, uh, so how mom, old? How I mean, how old were these kids when when you were there? Um, they range. They range from you know, ten years old all the way up to eighteen when wow. they or seventeen when yeah. they had to be Minors. tried as a, as adults and stuff like that. So, so yeah, so very disciplined household. Trust me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I remember times you know trying to be a kid in high school or trying to be a kid and sneak out of the house. Right. Where are you gonna sneak but, out to? The prison. Everything's logged. Right. So my mom would give me these trick questions like, well, what time did you come home last night? I'm like, uh, nine o'clock, you know, my, my typical curfew. 
and it'll be a, and she'll have a whole log already in front of her. And I'm like, Mom, why would you ask me the question? Oh you know, my gosh! You know, blue Honda pulls up 972. I mean, <laughs> 952. He hops out, walks in the front door wearing blue jeans. I'm like, you got it on script, Mom. Don't don't make me lie. <laughs> so you probably were a, a different kind of excited for college. Oh, absolutely, man! To get out of the house and, uh, and get off of the monitors. <laughs> yeah, and and we painted the background purple for you. Oh man, uh, the, I get this morning. Oh really? No, we didn't. No. <laughs> so, so you you become you were a star athlete. You you have regiment literally drilled into your skull, where you don't have the luxury of being you have the luxury of being a kid. But you could not go and make you did make the same mistakes some people have the uh, luxury of making simply because you literally weren't allowed to. But yeah, what, you, you you learn about football, and then all of a sudden you learn you have a gift, and you 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 used your height to your advantage because of the position that you ended up playing but what was the evolution to kind of get there i think it was uh you know the discipline factor you know mom just being very militant and her discipline with us uh made me a really disciplined player you know and uh and i always say this i never was the biggest fastest strongest player on the field at any point of my career i was almost the most reliable right so the being the most reliable i was an insurance blanket for mm. the coaches right they're like okay that guy over there might make a really big splash play but this guy right here is going to do it right 99% of the time. And so huh. they always went with the consistency over the splash play. And I think that that was my high school. That was my college. That was my NFL uh, career and why I was able to last so long in the NFL. Because you think about what the NFL is, it's a, it's a bunch of independent contractors, right? Everybody's job's on the line uh, week in and week out, right? So if you're a coach and you're an independent contractor just as well as the player, you're going to go with the guy that gives you the highest percentage, you know, to, to be successful. The guy that you know for a fact has got your back and knows what to do every time. So NFL is not guaranteed money, is it? It is guaranteed up into uh, – it's guaranteed what you negotiate, right? Um, you but know, like NBA and baseball, like if you sign a contract, you're getting oh, you paid. Get it. Yeah, yeah, it's not like that. NFL is <laughs> about the signing bonus and the uh, – yeah. Yeah, yeah, you usually get the, the first half of your of your contract guaranteed – but I mean, the times have changed. I mean, these guys now, nowadays are making money that we couldn't even imagine you yeah. know, making. I mean, these guys are getting two hundred million fully guaranteed contracts, which would, which would be unheard. That was those were baseball numbers yeah. when, uh, when I played. But um, but yeah. Um. Okay. So uh, so to get back to the story, you you, you learn you have the gift. You're Mister Consistency. You show up reliable. You know, you're Rudy. Your your Corsicana's fruitcake, Rudy. Absolutely. And uh, and, and so the, the pursuit of where you were going to go to college, what was that like? I mean, were you a star a star football player freshman year of high school all the way, or did you have to kind of earn your keep along yeah, the way with yeah. that so too? I was uh, I was freshman on varsity. I moved straight up to varsity. Did both varsity basketball, varsity uh, football. As a freshman. As a freshman, yeah. Did that get to your head? Um, not really. Yeah. When you're in it, you're in it. You know, yeah. You just don't know any better. You know, when I was in eighth grade. Uh, I actually got pulled up to play in the in the in the seven on seven tournament for high school. Oh. You know, so I was able to go out there with those guys. They were seniors. I was just a little a little dweeb, you know, in the background, you know, trying to trying to get in where I fit in, humming yeah. until I knew the words a little bit. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think that early exposure to all of that really made me a seasoned vet sooner than than a lot of people get the opportunity to do. Uh, and same way with college, I started as a freshman all the way through. Yeah, um, and some and something to, to sidestep too. I, I, we had lunch the other day, and you were telling me about how you, you know, it, I'm a new father. He'll he'll be a father uh, here soon, and 
learning how to go and manage that while you also essentially helped raise a child when you were in high school? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, my and, niece. Yeah. <laughs> and, which again, that, I mean, just add that to the story as well. It just shows you that you're you're a responsibility guy and yeah. you don't know what it's like to face adversity. And the theme of this podcast, it's, you know, it's people that I look up to that I love, I admire, but you didn't have any quit in you. You didn't take no for an answer. And when you had something to face you, you just faced it head on like, like an adult does, but you became an adult at a little bit younger age than most of us. <clears throat> Absolutely. I think, uh, and I think that prepared me a lot for later, you know, just, um, we don't cry about it. You know, it's the problem's going to be there when the tears dry up. Right. So you got to handle it. You know, I think mm -hmm. we've always had that kind of approach. Uh, and I think that kind of approach, that kind of drive has always, I mean, in a, in a lot of ways, I think it, it, it hardens you and it can make you a little bit insensitive to a lot of people's situations. And you have to kind of step back and realize that everybody doesn't think like you. Yeah. Everybody doesn't pro problem solve like you. Some people need a little bit more time to, to grasp things. But, you know, my life from day one is just go get it. And if you want something to change, change it. You if know, you feel like you've struggled with empathy. <laughs> I have. Oh, like 1, I, I'm, I'm a very efficient. Um, I'm, an, I'm emotionally efficient which somebody told me this a long time ago, trying to hurt my feelings. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I am right. But it, it's hard. And I think that as a husband and as a family person, you have to, you know, as you get older and as you get wiser, you have to focus on stuff that, that everyone doesn't see it the same way that you see it or I see it. But that's a, that's a whole new challenge that, you know, I face every day and I'm sure you're facing uh, in some degrees. But. Oh, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, the biggest component of what, of, of what kind of got me here is uh, being able to compartmentalize and 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 really not always a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Not always a good thing, but you know it works a lot when you you know and, and you went to you went to college. Unfortunately, you picked the wrong one. I couldn't get know? into TCU, so I went to, I went to TCU's uh, nasty neighbor SMU. <laughs> no, but uh, but but one thing I think that 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 will help and, and helps a lot of young 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 professionals or young aspiring professionals like myself is to be able to compartmentalize and know that across the street from football means just as much as football, yeah. right? Everybody just kind of gets to, you know, I see these kids today, they get there and they have that mindset of like, you know, I'm just doing this so I can play football. Mm -hmm. But they don't understand the percentages of what, the when you, when you do the true numbers of what percent of guys actually go off to play professional football, you would go to school. And you'd pay attention a little bit more if you put that out there. Spoken from the guy that was on the good side of the statistics. What What is the percentage, you think? Uh, 0 0.003. Wait, literally? Yeah. Of someone who's going to play pro sports or just pro, play? Pro NFL, yes. Pro NFL. So there's a, there's a hundred. There's like a, when I was in school, there's like 120 Division One, some Division Two, II, Division Three, and all that stuff. And of, on those teams, there's 90 players per team. So now you got roughly, what, 1,900, you know, players. And there's only seven rounds in the draft. Wow. And there's only a few available spots in the on, on each roster on a on a what is that? A, a thirty two team uh NFL, you know, programs or whatever. By the way, he, so. he's just spouting this stuff out. There's there's <laughs> there's no notes here. So a point zero zero three percent chance to I'm make making. it to the NFL. Not playing nine years in the NFL, just making it just to the NFL. It. Yeah. So you defy the odds initially. You defy the odds your entire life, but you defy the odds you're a standout at TCU, and did you have any inclination that you're going to go play professionally while you were while you were an undergrad? Um, I mean, I was really good. I knew I was going to get a shot. You know, I think the, my body of work, you know, my leadership ability, uh, my plays that I made on the field was going to give me a chance. 
Uh, did I know I was going to make an impact? Did I know I was going to be an early starter uh, and be a household name? Absolutely not. Uh, I was, uh, towards the end of my career, I was really focusing on getting my degree, you know, because I felt like that was something I didn't want to leave on the table. And that was, you know, Frank, you know, be honest with you, that's something my mom wasn't going to let me. Yeah, I got a you feeling. Know, yeah. <laughs> nine nine o'clock, you got it at 9.52 in your blue Acura. She's going to come back and get you. Yeah, man. And I was just like, and so I was focused on that. You know, I, I knew I was going to train. I was going to perform the way I was going to perform. Like, I didn't I didn't put all my eggs in that basket, and I, and I never have. So I think I took a different approach to the NFL. And to be honest with you, I think my approach that I took kind of helped me because I just – did what I had to do. I just did what I needed to do. I didn't overthink it. It wasn't life or death for me. It wasn't a dream that I dream about. If I didn't really? make it, I didn't have anything to fall back on. It was just the next step in my football career, like from Pee Wee to seventh grade, like from seventh, eighth grade to high school to college, and now the NFL. But you expected it. You know? uh, but I'm, not, I'm not in a bad way, but I'm saying like, all right, like I've done – Pee Wee, I've done middle school, I've done high school, I've done college. Now it's time to play professional football. Yeah, yeah. It, put it, it out there, have no regrets, and you know if if all the things that I, that have got me to this point hold true, then they they have no reason not to accept me into this league. Were you drafted? No, undrafted free agent. Really, undrafted free agent. Yeah. So was draft day? Was it uh, was it humbling, or was it something to where you just kind of expected to go and, and be a free agent? What was the what was, I was the headspace? Yeah, so I was injured. So um, you know, my talking to my agent and, and everything. Basically, he's like, "Look, man, you tore everything up in your knee, ACL, MCL, meniscus, the whole the whole shebang. You've rehabbed it. You've come back, but they don't know." They don't know how you're going to respond. They don't know what you're going to look like in the future for their organization. So, you know, expect late round. If no late round, then you're going to get a shot at a team. He was like, you know, don't think about it as a negative. Uh, for me, he said, we'll get to pick the team we want. The pick, we'll get to pick the team that's the best fit for you. Which, and 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 if you, when you think about it, if you go in the sixth round or seventh round. You make just as much money as if you go free agent, right? Yeah. There's not a lot of money to be made there. I mean, I say not a lot. No, I get it. Within reason. Money. I got it. There's money to be made, but that player is on that team regardless, yeah. right? You go undrafted free agent, you can look at everybody's roster. You can look at everybody's draft because it's already happened, and you can plug yourself into a program that fits you best. Really? So you yeah. got to pick going to the Seahawks? I picked going to the Seahawks. But that was yeah. your choice? My choice, yeah. Really? Because you looked at their, their roster and the coaching staff, the city, yep. and you said that's where you can succeed. <clears throat> yep, and a coach from TCU went there as well, so I already have some familiarity there. Um, yeah, I just made that decision. The scheme fed me well. Their size of linebackers was the same size as me, so I knew they would be accepting to, to was me. Was it Bobby as, Wagner back then? No, uh, or, no uh, it was uh, Lofa Tutupu. Oh, yeah. Then. Yeah, my mentor. Really? Yeah. So I'm part of my ignorance. A fanboy me coming out. So, I mean, do you pick up the phone and, and I mean, what do you, what's the process of getting an opportunity to essentially audition? Mm -hmm. So you, have an, you go through your agent. Your agent will get a million calls and be like, we'll accept him. You know, and so he'll he'll come to you and say, "Hey, you got 16 teams. Let's take a night. Let's figure it all that out." Wanted you to go and audition to be on their team. Yeah, you had 16 different teams. Yeah, probably six. I mean, I probably had all the teams. But that like, didn't <laughs> piss you off. Like, why didn't they draft you? These are just. It was just a different um, kind of strategy. Yeah, kind of. I mean, you you just don't understand the game back then. You know, I know more now than I know back then. But yeah, you're like, hey man, you, if you wanted me that bad, why didn't you? 
call my name on the on the TV. So out know. of 32 cities, um, you chose Seattle. Seattle. And yep. Seattle, what, what was the process like? You get there, obviously, a, a boisterous and electric coach in, in Pete Carroll who knew how to coach college. He wasn't there yet. Pete it Carroll was, wasn't uh, the coach. It was uh, Coach Holmgren. The Mike show. Holmgren. Mike Holmgren. Who, uh, he's a player's coach, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, old was, school. He was he <laughs> Chiefs and uh, Eagles? Packers, yeah. Oh, he was Packers, Packers yeah. Packers, yeah. Um, so, but okay. So, what was that like? You get there, and here, here you are, starting over again, trying to trying to figure it out. Was trying it overwhelming, or you just took the same mentality? <clears throat> Man, I think what it is, what that, what you 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 realize that like you were great where you were, and now you're back to the ground level. Yeah, <laughs> like, but literally without any guarantee. You're, with no guarantee, man. You're a water boy. You you get Gatorades for the veterans. You carry pads in. I don't care if you've been you've been you've been catered to like that for the last couple years of your college career. The rookies come in, they carry your pads, they bring you Gatorades. Now you're that guy all over again. So except the, you're getting paid, except you're getting paid for. But you know, I think the guys that are are humble in that role who can go back like I did. I, I took it upon myself to make sure I was the best teammate. Right? I was like, I'm not going to be a starter this year. This guy is a three-time pro bowler all pro all world guy you know um but the veterans like you you make the team because it's a team sport so the coaches want to know who's who's a team guy in the locker room who's a guy we can count on who's a guy that's 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 really loved and will be loved with this organization so what i would do is i would make sure i took orders i'm like hey man you like red gatorade your locker when you're when you're out of practice you being I, serious no one thousand percent yeah this is uh absolute fact so uh and i'll tell you a little story about it uh, i know we're probably off topic but no no, no, no i'll tell just... you i'll tell you a little story about it so you come in as a rookie, right? There's probably about 15 or 16 of us, right, that kind of come in in a class, right? Come in as a rookie, uh, the veterans kind of grab you, right? They're like, oh, they're going to, you know, haze you a little bit. They're going to they're gonna kick you down a little bit. They're going to laugh at you a little bit, right? Took it all, right? Then I would go and I would say, hey, man, you know, I want to make your experience better, <laughs> right? I want to bring you Gatorade. I'll carry your pads in. I don't care about any of that. This stuff. is why you were an active roster guy or this is as well, a rookie? I was a rookie, yeah, before trying to make the team. So, right? Which probably messed with them that you were going out of your way to serve them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're like, because I know talking to some older guys, they're like, hey, man, there's a rookie dinner that comes. And if they don't like you, this rookie dinner could be upwards of 50 grand. (laughs) (laughs) But if they like you, why would they punish you on that rookie dinner that comes, right? And so I was very curious, you know, and and the guys loved me, right? They're like, man, Hawthorne, he's a a bro. You know, like we, we appreciate everything he does. He's a bro, right? So then I get out there on the field. And once I'm on the field, I'm on the field. You know, I'm I'm the same guy. I'm the hard-hitting, making a name for myself. They called me the heater in the NFL. That was coined by my teammate Lofa in training camp when I was hitting my own players, right, <laughs> before we even got out there on the field. So they loved me. But then we get to that rookie dinner, and I'm like, all right, you know, put it on me. Here goes – I make the team and all that stuff. We get to the rookie dinner. I'm like, put it on me, man. Here goes my credit card. You're going to have to call my bank if it's over <laughs> a certain amount because they're going to think fraudulent activity immediately. Just run out of there. Like, this is very unusual activity for you, David. <laughs> you know, the bank will call me immediately. And Lofa just threw his credit card down on the table like, man, I got this. Man. No way. 1,000%. No way. And it just was because of all the little things that took no that took no effort. You know, just took no – just – Go out of your way a little bit, walk a couple extra feet, give a guy a Gatorade, give him some sunflower seeds, 
and they covered my whole rookie bill. Uh, but that's that's you in a nutshell, man. It's not yep. necessarily it, it's not literally doing that. It's just the fact that you maybe you do have more empathy than anyone. Maybe <clears> you do have the ability to go and read people. Maybe you're not compartmentalizing. You're putting other people that first was, just that because that's your heart. That was yeah, all strategy. But it's still who you are, you know. It's like yeah, he's like I'm no, not really give me give me the jersey back. Um, so so you you play how long were you in Seattle for? So I was there for 4 years. And and, and was it just an incredible experience the whole time? Did you have setbacks? Did you have I mean uh, um it was awesome. Man, it was awesome, man. I uh you know, unfortunately my mentor Lofa, he went down. And fortunate for me from my career, unfortunate for him cuz he was a a heck of a player and a, and a true pro. Uh, so he goes down my second year, you know, and I become a starter, full-time starter. Uh, I'd started a game a game or two the season before, but I wasn't a full-time starter. He goes down, uh, I become a starter and have the biggest game of my career, my opening starting game. And from there, it was just, you know, the sky was the limit. What was your big game? Tell us what. what... Uh, man, I had 16 tackles. I had a sack, an interception, and a tackle for loss on the goal line <laughs> to win the game. Who did y'all play oh, in, yeah. in Chicago? Uh, in Seattle. Oh my God! Which is, I think, I've never been to Seattle, but that's supposed to be the most electric. Loud. Ever. Yeah, yeah, and it was rocking. You know, so it was rocking, and I was causing it to rock. So it's kind of a, you know, and they're like, "Man, who the heck is this guy?" So I kind of got on notice at that point, you know, and then I just stacked up game after game after game using that momentum. And then when Lofa came back, they're like, "Well, we can't take Hawthorne off the field. This guy, Sports Star of the Year that year, um, you know, had hundred plus tackles and." sacks picks and the whole thing and then i came to dallas the very next week and uh we played dallas i had 12 tackles two sacks on romo and i was like to do it in my hometown is yeah. is unreal you know who his roommate was at the time no it was me oh. yeah uh so uh, I, I remember that game I, I i i maybe i intentionally blocked you out of it but i have to i'll never forget when he i randomly went with them to his rookie dinner at nick and sam's and uh -huh. i was the only i remember that it was the most intimidating moment of my life at that point and this is way off subject but i feel called to tell you i was sitting in between leonard davis and dan campbell yeah, Dan just... Campbell to this day is the most intimidating human I've ever met. <laughs> I'm not joking you. And Leonard Davis, if you remember him, I mean, yeah, he's, I remember Leonard he's Davis. the size of this room. Yeah. And I just was sitting there. I remember the bill came and it was $33,000. I'll never forget it. And I saw this and I was like, I, and I remember Tony paid for it with a debit card. And I was like, let me put it on my card so I can at least get the miles. Not that I would have been able to clear it. But yeah, I, mean, I remember. Yeah. I actually do remember that game. It wasn't the playoffs, though, was it? No, no, it was a regular season. Because game. then he 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 fumbled the uh, extra point attempt against yeah. Seattle. Seattle. Was that your team? No, I was there. That was the year before. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, I, I remember that. So so you come to Dallas, you, the, the, the heater does this thing again. Yeah. You got two more years left in Seattle, then what happens? Um, and then I'm up for free agency. So I was one of the top free agents in my position. Uh, so I was on the open market just shopping you know seeing you once again have control of where you're gonna go can can go anywhere i want to go and so i shopped it out you know looking thinking about going back to you know seattle if the money was right thinking about going to all these other places that that really wanted me uh to go crazy enough i go to uh so so this is how free agency kind of works right uh back in the day so we call each other right we literally call each other like, you and the I'm, coaches I'm, no me and the players are up for free agent so there's three of us, three linebackers. It was me, Tulloch, and it was Curtis Lofton, yeah. right? So we want to get as much money as we possibly can. So we're telling each other, you know, what we got on the line. Are these guys of, that you knew before? No, no. They connect us all to our agents and stuff like that. And so if you think about it, if you're if you're a number one, if I'm the number one linebacker free agent and you're the number two linebacker free agent, right, and we want to set the market, 
So if if I'm the number one and I take nine million, you're number two. The most you can get is eight, huh. right? But if your team tells you that that Hawthorne or Cross is about to sign for seven, they might bribe you into taking a deal for six, right? And so it's just a, it's just a game, you know, owners versus players, right? It's like sleeping so, with the enemy. Uh, but, oh yeah, but we're all trying to get money. We're independent yeah. contractors, right? So Tulloch played for Detroit. His team was Detroit, right? They threatened him by getting me to fly up to Detroit, you know, to say Hawthorne's willing to take us. Tulloch was truly number one. So they said Hawthorne's flying up here, you know, tomorrow. Scare him <clears throat> into taking a deal, you know, that we didn't think he was going to take, right? He and took so, it? Yeah, and so I'm I'm after him, so I got to take a little bit less than the guy after me. So he set the market so the trickle-down effect. So when I land in Detroit, my agent called me. He's like, hey, Tulloch took the deal. And I'm happy. I'm like, heck yeah. Did he get $12 million, you know, a year? Like, what did he get? And he's like, no. I'm like, ah. Oh. So I call him. I'm like, what's up, man? He's like, no, they said you were coming down here to sign the contract. And I was like, I just talked to you. Oh, yeah, God. And so that's just the way the game is. But all in all, I still got I got everything I was owed out of the NFL and, and more. Well, and, and, and I don't even know if we have an entry point with this, but you're also a serial entrepreneur. And you've done incredibly well with everything from the food space to the, um, you know, to restaurants, food, a little bit of everything. But at, at what point did that start? Because, you know, I, I met you. I met you. I remember actually who I where we were when we met. And it was just it was kind of a cliche, you know, athletes meet opportunity. Most of these opportunities are the cliche, like, you know, just stuff that nobody actually does. And if they do it, it's a bust. But the stuff you've done have been literal grand slams where the money that you made in the NFL will pale in comparison to David, the CEO. But yeah. when did that start, and how did you all of a sudden have this business savvy, but more importantly, the discernment to, to weed through these things that were opportunity? I think it's the life after football thoughts that I had, you know, when my when my career was coming to an end. Yeah. Um, you know, I dibbed and dabbed and done a bunch of, you know, little investments and stuff like that. I vented out some opportunities uh, while I was playing. But it wasn't until I started really sitting down and thinking like, hey, what the heck am I going to do? You know, you get out to the NFL, you got your whole life in front of you. You know, you guys retire, you know, if you're fortunate, 32 years old, 33 years old. Well, what the heck are you going to do for the next 60 years or, yeah. or however long you you make it? And so uh, around year six, year seven, uh, year eight, I really just started thinking like, man, what am I passionate about? You know, uh, I got... I got money as a vehicle now. Obviously, I can step in any door I want, you know, because of capital. But what, what is going to wake me up? What am I going to be able to continue to compete at? You know, and I think that's what, what a lot of guys struggle with, you know, when they have that identity crisis because they don't know how to compete anymore. There's nothing to compete for or to compete with. And, uh, and so I started thinking about that. You know, I'm from a family of restaurant, right? Everybody's a cook, right? And so I'm like, man, I'm really passionate about food. You know, I cook for my teammates. I host a lot. I, you know, cook for my family. You know, I, I'm a, I'll, I'll do a random food crawl just because I want to try everything on the street when I go to a town, not just because I want to try the best restaurant that everybody told me. So um, some of my first ventures were all in food. The food trucks, the restaurants, and you're also—I mean—you were kind of a food food truck disruptor because this was before food trucks were a thing. And I, yeah. I'll never forget you calling me, and I was just like, "What? You have a food truck?" And, you, <laughs> and I think you were still playing. Yeah, 
Uh, was yeah. it barbecue? Barbecue food truck, yeah. Yeah, and, and so that, and you didn't just stop there, though. So you did that, you <clears> learned <throat> how to win, and then you learned how to scale. But walk us through the other tentacles of the David Hawthorne, you know, um, you know, business. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I go to Portland, Oregon. That's where the food trucks come from. I went down a street and I'd never seen a food truck before when I was in Seattle. So our Nike store. So when you have a Nike contract, you can go to headquarters in Oregon. Right. And so I went down there. I hung out for a day, used up all my Nike contract money and stuff. And I was like, hey, I want something to grub on. I go outside of the Nike headquarters and there's a there's a strip. And I'm like, man, what are all these vendors? It looks like a late night after a bar. Yeah. You know, just guys yeah. sitting out With on the Euros corner. in New York City, yeah, yeah. I've never seen this in broad daylight before, right? And so I tried out. And I'm like, man, y'all are able to produce that quality of food out of that truck? And they're like, yeah, this is the industry, right? So that's how I learned about the food truck from thing. From Portland. From Portland. Yeah, from Oregon. And then... Um, and then, you know, I came back and brought that idea. You know, that taught me structure. I had never managed a person before, right? I never had an employee or anything like that. So you had to start somewhere. You know, the the funny thing about, about you know, football and business, right, is that I use them as the same model, right? Like every business venture and everything I've structured in my life is a football model. Okay, so so you go to Portland, you you experience you experience the model, and then your your alerts start going off that you're you want to be an entrepreneur. So what was the model that brought you to Dallas and how you leveraged that into something way bigger? Um, I'll say this, like, you know, my whole life is uh, centered and we talked about a lot. My whole life was centered around football, right? So if there's one thing I know the most about, it's football, right? From organizations, from accountability, from team, from all that, right? And so when I thought about like what it would look like for me to be an entrepreneur, I'm like, what do I know? You know, and what do I know and what will I be able to take from what I know and put it into the world in order to to have ongoing success, right? And that's football. So if you look at every business that I've been a part of or every business that I've structured out, it resembles a football team, right? And I, and I say that to make this make sense is that, you know, every football team has a head coach, right? And that head coach has a message. He has a message and a vision for the way he wants that team to perform, Right. Um, but you don't hear from the head coach when it's time to give directions, right? There's usually an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator, right? The offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator portray the vision of the head coach, right? And they hold accountable all of the assistant coaches to make that vision come into fruition, right? Mm. The head coach only hears about it when it's a problem, (laughs) right? Because every layer of organization, just like every layer of a business, has somebody holding you accountable, right? Mm. So the the head coach doesn't have to go to the player and ask him where the breakdown was because there's a person over him that should have held that player accountable, right? And so uh, the way I apply that to businesses, I know exactly where the breakdown is and I know exactly where to go when something doesn't look like my vision. Mm. Uh, and so I think that's just a model that I've used and it, and it works because I know it. Yeah, it's, it's simple, but it's not. And you, you, you've found a way to leverage your experience as an athlete. And, you know, you talk about people at 32, 33 years old, a lot of them, it's a kiss of death because they had one thing they did yeah. and they mastered one thing. And then every day that goes by, their skill is is diminishing. 1,000%. And, and you've leveraged that. But maybe, maybe talk to us real quick as we, as we start to turn the corner and finishing this up. What all have you been involved in? Because it's not just food trucks. And you would think that most people would kind of stop there 
and just buy more food trucks. But not, <laughs> not this guy. What, what else have you been doing? Oh, man, I'd, I'd say my biggest day to day is um, is I own a merchant processing company, a merchant service company. Right. And I think that's just a testament to who I am. Uh, credit card processing and consulting and business consulting uh, through Journey Business Solutions. So Journey Business Solutions is the company. Me and one of my good buddies, we said that we're going to take, take it upon ourselves to help small and medium-sized businesses in the DFW area, and now we're everywhere. We're in Mississippi, we're in Arizona, we're in West Virginia, we're in California. Um, but the vision was simple for that, right? There's a lot of businesses that they have no idea what to do in the back office. You know, you became a cook because you like food and you can cook real well. You're not a payroll specialist. You're not a consultant. You're not a marketer. You're not a, any of those things that it really does take to run a business. Uh, and so those people just get the raw end of the stick at all at all turns, right? They never get good rates. They're always getting uh, getting hit with inflation. They 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 just have so many little intricate pieces that that could make their business run better if they knew it. But they're not a they're a specialist. They're not a business person. Exactly. So you're a man so, for the people, helping them out. And so we bring them. the we take the business out of their hands and let them do what they do, right? Mm-hmm. When you cook, you cook, right? Uh, and so I think that's one of the things with the. Uh-oh. I think that's uh, that's that's one of the things that we're that I'm very passionate about. And I've seen it's instant gratification, you know, to see a business open their doors and have no clue and everything's out of order and then consult them, lead them, guide them, see them turn more profits, see them have more time. Uh, The biggest thing I think we give business owners is time. You know, when yeah. you you know firsthand, you know, when you own a business, you're that's a twenty four hour ordeal. Yeah. Right. It never slows down. And then in order to give in in order to have the ability to give them back time is probably the most valuable piece of our of our business. So well, what else though? That's you, one thing. That, which I mean, it, 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 it's just this is just who you are. You're you're a unicorn. What what are the other things that you've been involved in? <clears throat> yeah, so I do restaurant groups, a bunch of restaurant groups that you'll see out here in the in the DFW area. You'll see Stir in Deep Ellum. You'll see it in Addison. You'll see Vidora in Deep Ellum in Addison. You'll see Serious Pizza. You'll see uh, Dirty Bones uh, next to American Airlines Center. We just put that there. Uh, consultant on all those groups and obviously, you know, part owner of those groups as well. Uh, I slid in the door of Carbone, Michelin star rated that just came to Dallas. And that's, and that's great. There's a very strong group behind that um, major food groups. They do that. Uh, I mean, I'm a part of CBD company uh, called Zone In, uh, driven and made by by football players and by athletes, actually by my mentor, Lofa Tutupu, that, that I talked about earlier in, uh, in Seattle. Uh, we made a CBD product that's tailored toward athletes. Uh, you, you found a way to tie it all together. Absolutely. You know, knowing, knowing football, knowing the structure, knowing how to lead people, how to be a grinder, no excuses, no complaints. And you've leveraged that where you've brought in your other passion of food and then Absolutely. your passion of helping people out through CBD. Absolutely. Well, I mean, what, what's next? What's left to do as far as David, the, the, the brand? Oh, just keep growing. I'm so young right now, man. It's just like people are like, man, why don't you just sit down? You're pulled in a million different ways. And I'm like, Mm-mm. never been in my spirit, Same. right? Never been in my spirit. I've never had that content mentality. Yeah. Uh, so the, I think the sky's the limit. You know, I'm going to continue to do what I do. The biggest thing that I do and the best thing that I do is network, you know, obviously and reconnect with friends. And yeah. that's why I'm so happy. You know, you, me and you stay friends throughout all these years, you Same. know, because our webs have spread. Yeah. You know, we met each other in our 
twenties, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and look at us now, yeah, you know, I've got, and it's I've got gray hair. You have you have a gray hair, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, it looks I, good. Before I drove down here, man, I was gonna dye it out and look all young, man. But my, I ran out of just for men. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It, it looks good. What, what what about the the best advice you could give somebody, whether it's an athlete or someone who you know maybe has something in them they want to go and uh and, and try it out and and just you know max maximize every every ounce of potential like you what's the advice um never stop networking mm. i would say never stop networking networking you never know when you're going to need somebody when you can bridge with somebody or you can help somebody in the future and i think you know that's in a, that's that's the biggest part of why we sit here today and we talk yeah. on this podcast it's yeah. like our network is just so big and we've helped so many people and so many people have helped us that uh that it'll never stop you know it'll always keep repaying us uh for taking that little initiative to go out and meet people and just be a genuinely good person you know that'll take you further than anything how do we support you uh, obviously then eating at those 85 restaurants he just he just listed off what else yeah, do we do to if support you i come back you? in this office and you're 370 pounds <laughs> I would have known you went to five, each five. each yeah. and every one of the restaurants and, that I just listed. And then he creates some kind of workout company that he invests in exactly. as well. It's, we do have a fitness company called F45 Fitness right across the street from American Airlines Center. And then if you accidentally tear your knee, he's going to give you some CBD. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, I put you through the carousel. You have just, ev- ev- you every there. single thing. Uh, I'll make handled. you fat, get you skinny, hurt you, help you, health, get you back to health. Hmm got it all <laughs> i like it and then how, how do we find you i know you're kind of a private guy but all these people watching they're going to want to follow your journey online where, where do we find you oh man i'm always on facebook you know i'm pretty interactive on facebook uh and it's david h oh, on gave facebook it away. i gave I it he, the secret yeah. i gave it the secret uh recipe on that but uh but journey business solutions i think that's the way i'm helping the most people in dfw small business or mississippi california or, yeah or, or anywhere anybody looking listening. for credit card processing journey business solutions yeah or credit or, or uh, business consulting, yeah. I'll tell you what. Well, David, you're, you're a great friend. You're a great man, a great leader, a great husband. Um, and what you've done is uh, is incredible. And hope I know this is going to inspire a lot of people. So thanks for joining us today and for all that you do. Man, thanks for having me on, man. You're welcome. I'm David Hawthorne, and this is how you sell without selling out. Roger's that.